Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to start with the latest Ben Simmons rumor, which is looking at a new team that hasn't been mentioned before getting in on the Ben Simmons race. Now, there have been a handful of Eastern and Western Conference teams that have been interested in Ben Simmons. One of those, which is the most recent, is one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, Detroit Pistons, who potentially are interested in bringing back um, Jeremy Grant, who played in Philly before, and trading away Ben Simmons. So, basically, um, Keith Pumphrey of the Philadelphia Inquirer put this sort of uh, situation out there and basically said, and this is his words, the team has engaged in ongoing discussions with the Detroit Pistons to acquire Jeremy Grant, another forward, a young player, and a draft pick in exchange for Simmons. One source, power forward Kelly Olynyk and swingman Sadiq Bey were mentioned as players who could be included in the deal, however. A source said the Pistons are unlikely to include Bey or Olynyk. So, I guess, um, yeah, this is the situation. Multiple sources said that the Sixers indeed have and that the discussions were centered around Grant. So this is probably about as good of a situation as you can get for um, Philadelphia. And I'll tell you why. A lot of what Philadelphia has gone for is big names, big stars, trying to go after the Bradley Beals of the world, the Damian Lillards of the world, trying to get like... This big, big, big sort of piece. You know, they were interested in Jalen Brown with the Celtics. They were interested in, you know, a whole host of players with Toronto when they were interested in trading with uh, with them. You know, they want the Aaron Fox with the Kings. Um, this is a more manageable one because A, Grant is a great player who doesn't fit the timeline of, um, of you know, this team in Detroit. Obviously, Ben Simmons, I don't know if he really... Um, also fits that timeline, but um, I do believe that at the end of the day, it's a you know better situation bringing in Ben Simmons than having Grant because he's uh, still you know 25 years old, young, talented, you know has uh, a ton going for him, and I think kind of as sort of one of the top guys in Detroit could really kind of get what he wants, and I think maybe Kate Cunningham and Ben Simmons could work together. Um, and that's something that really could potentially help. So Jeremy Grant is a great player that would kind of work well with the 76ers, and, you know, I think that's something that they should consider if they're actually looking for a trade. So if we were to look for this sort of trade and potentially what could be involved from both sides of the ball, uh, the 76ers, obviously, Jeremy Grant's the ideal target. They said they want, you know, maybe another forward or a wing and then some picks or something. So potentially uh, in terms of the players that could be involved and the picks that could be involved, when it comes to draft picks, uh, the Detroit Pistons don't have um, any other first-round picks outside of their own. They do have one two, three, four, five, six draft picks in the second round that are from other teams. Um, and so, you know, to me, they could try something with second round picks unless they want to trade away first round picks. But 
Detroit's the worst team in the NBA right now. And they also, I think, owe a 2022 first-round pick to another team, which there's protections on that, I think. Um, and so at the end of the day, I don't know if they want to trade first-round picks with the way they're going. So it would have to probably be second-round picks or a third team coming in to potentially get uh, the draft pick um, that they're looking for. So Jeremy Grant's the big piece. Um, Olenek is someone they're interested in, but I guess Detroit doesn't really want to get rid of him, which I don't know why, because I feel like, in my opinion, he's someone who doesn't also fit their timeline. He's 30 years old. Yes, he's a veteran who can help sort of mentor some of the younger guys like Isaiah Stewart, but at the end of the day, if that's the turning point piece, I don't see how that's too much of an issue if they go down that road. So Olenek and Grant are probably two pieces um, to start with. Then they also want or are interested in Sadiq Bey, who is a Villanova product. Um, so played college not too far from where the 76ers play. He's off the table, and I don't see that as an issue. But um, they could, in his replace, go after Josh Jackson, who's had a sort of up-and-down career. Right now, he's averaging 8.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, and he's someone who can play sort of that small forward, shooting guard small forward, come off the bench, start, whatever you need him to do. So if they could kind of get a deal surrounding Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, Josh Jackson, um, those are sort of three guys I could see. Um, and, you know, maybe they could try and snatch Killian Hayes. Um but I don't know if Detroit wants to go down that road. Um, so if they could do Josh Jackson, Kelly Olenek, and Jeremy Grant, that'd be probably their starting point. And then, you know, adding in second-round picks to get it done. Maybe uh, adding in a first-round pick in, like, 2024 that's, like, top like 15 protected or top 10 protected or something, which, um, yeah, they could do, like, a 2024 first-round pick, which is top... 15 protected which um if it conveys um they get the pick if not they get uh two second round picks one in 2024 and one in 2025 they could do something like that to to make that work if they need to so at the end of the day i think this is another team on the board and i think this is actually a good situation for both sides because maybe ben simmons might not want to go to detroit but um, I think in terms of the 76ers, they're getting good value. I think the fact that Tobias Harris and Jeremy Grant are both sort of, you know, 18-point-a-game scores, 19-point-a-game scores, power forward, small forward, 6-8 guys. Um, you know, Grant's a little bit younger, not by much. They can kind of play the 3 and the 4 and kind of switch around, do different combinations. And you could even, in small ball situations, Let's say Embiid takes the bench. You could do Tobias Harris and Jeremy Grant as your sort of 4-5. Or if Kelly Olynyk gets minutes, you know, he could potentially be uh, a backup center who takes over when Embiid gets hurt or if he needs a break, you know. So I think the Pistons are a team that obviously make uh, sense in the, in the sort of Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons type trade because, you know, Ben Simmons is 25, he's younger. You can kind of mentor Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes and some of the other young guys on their team while also kind of taking 
uh, sort of this role as your number one player, and more importantly, sort of take that on, whereas in Philly, Joel Embiid's kind of been their number one, and it seems like it doesn't look like that's changing for me. So at this point, maybe this will happen, maybe not. Um, I think just where the 76ers are, if the offer's right, the offer's right, but this could be an intriguing option, and I don't really see why Ben Simmons wouldn't want to go there just because he's just so tired of this team. I think Ben Simmons seems like someone who would probably want to go to a championship contender, but if he can go to a team like Detroit and kind of be the guy in Detroit taking that number one spot, I think he'd be okay with that Um, because I think Philly, while they're a playoff team, I think it seems like Simmons wants to be number one rather than just that guy next to so-and-so, you know, next to Joel Embiid. And I think for the 76ers, they value Joel Embiid a lot more. And I think they even, I'd say, value Tobias Harris a little bit more than Ben Simmons just because I think he does so much for their team on the sort of uh, offense and defensive end. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, we'll see what happens with, um, you know, with um, his team. And, um, yeah, that's the situation. The standoff still goes. Uh, Ben Simmons has reiterated that he wants to get traded, which is pretty obvious, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's their situation. Um, He doesn't really care. Um, I guess um, Rich Paul came out and told The Athletic that he believes the organization's actions in regards to the situation surrounding Simmons is taking a toll on the mental health of the All-Star. Uh, here's his words. I truly believe the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shines on the issue that's very unnecessary and has furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben or come out and say he's lying. Which one is it? So, yeah, it's it's still a situation in which Simmons wants to leave. Daryl Morey, to me, is get, it's getting to the point where maybe Daryl Morey is looking more and more like a problem in this situation. At first, it's kind of pretty straightforward to see that maybe Ben Simmons is the issue. But now it looks like because, you know, they've really been picky on what kind of trades they want, this is messing with Ben Simmons and this could cause a sort of negative, you know, look in the eyes of most people in terms of, you know, how Daryl Morey is perceived in um, this whole situation. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you got to just do something you know, get traded, uh, and start over, kind of take your new pieces and kind of go from there. So what I want to kind of look at next is two teams that are doing things, uh, as well as they should, and two teams that are kind of getting it done in all aspects. And they're two of the best teams in, uh, the NBA, Washington Wizards and the Golden State Warriors. So one of these teams has had a lot of success over the years and a lot of the and one of these teams is just kind of finding their success um, with a sort of new group so let's start with Golden State because Golden State is one of those teams that has been here before and now the saga is evolving once again so the Golden State Warriors started out as a championship caliber team when they had Steph Clay Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, and they were one of those teams that just was uh, 
surprising everybody. Steph Curry was an MVP type guy, all-star level guy, and was just one of the greatest. And he showed us early on that he was good, but just got better and better and better. And they kept winning championships and kept, you know, defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers and kept winning the Western Conference. And it went to uh, this sort of, you know, repetitive championship runs where they had arguably one of the best records losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers in, you know, a crazy fashion as they did and then coming back and beating all these teams. And so it sort of was sort of standard for the last couple of years that the Warriors were going to make it to the championship game and the finals against Cleveland or whoever. It was usually Cleveland. Then we get Klay Thompson, who's out, and Durant, who's out. And you have sort of Steph Curry and a bunch of other pieces, and you're kind of struggling, right? Kevin Durant goes. They kind of do a sign-and-trade D'Angelo Russell for Kevin Durant, Brooklyn, uh, Golden State. And then halfway through the season, they basically make... A surprising move to some, not to me, but surprising to some. D'Angelo Russell goes to play with his best friend, Carl Anthony Towns, in Minnesota. And the Warriors get a better-fitting small forward in Andrew Wiggins and a draft pick, which would later become Jonathan Kamunga. So the Warriors are in a great spot because they have great role players, great starters, but they also got young guys. They got James Weissman, who's 20 years old and still trying to figure out his sort of existence in the NBA. You got Jonathan Kamunga, who could potentially be the replacement for Draymond Green. You got Moses Moody, who could potentially be the replacement for Clay Thompson at some point. You also have uh, Jordan Poole, who's 22 years old and is averaging 17 points this season. And you have so many great pieces who just seem to get things right and seem to do things right. And yet you still have veterans like Andre Iguodala and Otto Porter Jr. And you have Nimjala Beljinka. And, you know, their team is just very good. Draymond Green's averaging 8 points, 8 rebounds, and uh, 7 assists. So he's he's not doing too bad. He's doing kind of a bunch of different things. Wiggins, 17 points, 4.5 rebounds. And then Steph Curry is averaging 28 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. So they're doing great. And this is all with Clay Thompson not even, you know, playing at all because Clay Thompson has just been out for um, this sort of uh, season so far and when he comes back that'll be great for them and yeah that's the situation with uh, their team and so they are just doing so great and things have gone their way and you know Golden State's back and imagine what they'll be with Clay Thompson in the folds again and how things could go uh, moving forward if this is how they go you know they have a bunch of options right they could trade some of these young guys and draft picks for a veteran they could you know potentially kind of keep this core maybe they move on from some of their veterans like Andrew Wiggins and get some younger guys and kind of you know do a little bit of a, a reset sort of and kind of have Steph Clay Draymond and some young guys who knows but at the moment things are looking good and they're going great and their team is great and that's kind of where they're at and you know, they're doing very good. So they've been here before. This is nothing new, and that is where they're at. Then we have sort of the newcomer to the first seed, the uh, Washington Wizards, who we have to give a lot of credit to Tommy Shepard, who is the guy running the show 
um, in the uh, front office for them. So he is somebody who is taking a different approach to their team and has made a much better situation for his Washington Wizards. Now, for the Washington Wizards, they've been through a few changes, and let's start from where they were and how they got here, which was basically John Wall, Bradley Beal, and some role players, and then John Wall got hurt, and he kept getting hurt, and he kept going from what was an all-star level player with a bright future at the point guard to someone who's had a lot of injury and is a very, very bad contract, making $40 million plus and is not worth it. So they decide, okay, John Wall's not our fit. We're going to trade John Wall, and we're going to get Russell Westbrook, who is a much healthier player, maybe because he's more of a you know, pass-first kind of ball-handling point guard. It might be a better situation because you have you know, Bradley Beal, who's more of a catch-and-shoot guy, and now you have someone who doesn't really shoot as much. Kind of maybe those contrasts work well together. And it didn't. And Westbrook did a lot more for Washington, um, or a lot negative for Washington than positive. He did average um, 23, 13, and 13 assists over the final 20 games of last season in their sort of playoff push. But at the end of the day, the Wizards felt like it wasn't right. They weren't the greatest team, and they needed to make a change. And so for the Wizards, they went to a situation in which a superstar-level player wanted to play with another superstar-level player, both of which have a lot of baggage, both of which are big personalities and big egos, both of which um, have had interest in playing together. So Tommy Shepard decided to trade Russell Westbrook around draft night to the Los Angeles Lakers for a deal which was basically involving Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell, as well as a draft pick, which... I think got shuffled around in the sort of uh, fold of things. I think they actually traded the pick to um, Indiana. And then they also added in Aaron Holiday from Indiana in that trade. And they also um, got Isaiah Todd as well, who was a second-round pick. So they got Aaron Holiday and Isaiah Todd for a draft pick. And to me, this was a trade that at the time you were thinking, okay, they got a bunch of sort of younger players, or I guess a younger player in Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell and KCP, and these are guys who are good, but also they're expendable contracts that are not like $40 million. They're, you know, less than $20 million contracts, and in this case, less than $15 million contracts. So if you need to move them later on, you could. And I think a lot of people thought that this was more of a let's get rid of Westbrook and then potentially get rid of Bradley Beal because around this time there were rumors of potentially Bradley Beal going to Boston or to Philly or to some other location and didn't seem like that was the case after they also added in Spencer Dinwiddle and they kind of played their season. They have uh, Denny Avija, who's a young small forward. Uh, they have Corey Kisbert, who's a young small forward. And to me, their team went from... Maybe they make the playoffs most likely a play-in team going to instead a team that actually can make the playoffs and be very dynamic. And they only have one star. They only have Bradley Beal. They don't have two, three stars like some of these teams, and yet they're doing much better than a lot of these teams that do have two and three stars, right? And so they're getting it done when they need to. And this sort of core group of guys 
it's giving Bradley Beal thoughts of sticking around long-term, signing a long-term deal because they're actually winning. So you have Kuzma, who is, um, you know, somebody who's just fit very nicely with this team. And the Lakers, who have been kind of up and down this whole season, it seems like they're actually struggling more so with um, Westbrook in the fold than if they had their other three guys who got traded to Washington. So I have to give credit to Tommy Shepard for making this happen and doing something that maybe some people thought was the right move, maybe some people thought was the wrong move, because Westbrook is someone who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Somebody who's had a great career, obviously had a triple-double season, he's won MVP, all-star level guy. That's something you usually don't get rid of if you're trying to go for a playoff push, but retooling like they did made for their team to get just so much better, and apparently um, that's the greatest situation for them because they did so well and they've done so great, and their team is just doing what it needs to, and so... I think for a lot of people, you know, they thought Washington was out of it, but now they've come back with more force, and they've been as good of a team as you can get, and I think I am very happy with what they do, and one of the great things about Washington is the fact that they have a team that is basically built around, you know, young guys while also having some very good sort of core pieces, and at least with the young guys, you know, they could potentially move on from some of them, right? Thomas Bryant's 24 years old. He's averaging 14 points and 6 rebounds. Denny Avija is still young, figuring his situation out. He's 20. Corey Kisbert's 22, you know. Daniel Gafford's 23. Isaiah Todd's 20. So these are guys who, in my opinion, are young guys, have potential. Maybe a bright future is uh, in their way. And so if things work out, there is a chance that we could see um, a team kind of go out there and try and add some of these players if they're kind of rebuilding and maybe, you know, going out there and trading a piece that could help the playoff push for um, a team like the Washington Wizards. You know, they could move some of these young guys to, to get that done. And if that's the case, then they do that. But they're in a good situation. I don't know why they'd make any moves at the moment. I think they're going to kind of stick with their team and, you know, in hopes that maybe it works out in the end. So they're doing good. I'm happy with kind of how things have turned out for the uh, sort of Washington Wizards. And, you know, they're looking like a very dominant basketball team, which is obviously something that everybody hopes for. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then... Um, you know, they've done good so far, and I'm definitely happy with how things have gone. So, what I want to look at finally, and I talked a little bit about it with the Wizards, but I'll kind of gloss over their part of this, which is, there was an ESPN article that came out, which is the underrated NBA offseason moves that have made a big impact so far. So, looking at this article, it talks about the Wizards, which I, I discussed. We're going to move on to the next part of the article that they look at, which is the Chicago Bulls and Arturis Kornisifis who is the head of basketball operations in Chicago, um, basically traded away some first-round picks for Vucevic. Um, and then they had Zach Levine, who's you know still rolling. They added Lonzo and um, only traded away uh, Sadoransky and Garrett Temple. 
which is uh, not bad. It was a signing trade. And then they did the sort of Thaddeus Young, Alfred Camino trade with picks and stuff for DeRozan, which has worked out great. They added Derek Jones Jr. in that Lori Marketing deal. Um, and uh, they added a first-round pick from Portland and a second-round pick from Denver in that as well. And um, at the end of the day, they added in Alex Caruso um, and Marco Simonovic, um, which is a former second-round pick. They have uh, Kobe White still. They have um, Patrick Williams. And, um, yeah, their team looks so much better. And they've really done well, you know, alongside Washington. They've been very good, for sure. And then on their their list here, they have Ricky Rubio, who they acquired for Torian Prince in a future second-round pick. He has been sort of a solid addition with Colin Sexton out. He's averaging, um, you know, uh, definitely better numbers than he has before. He had 34 points in a game against uh, New York. Um, it was a career high, and he had 10 assists, which is a season high. Um, he leads all backup point guards in assists per game, 6.5, and he is doing very well. So um, he is someone who has kind of traveled and now is back in uh, a spot where he can actually shine, which is Cleveland. So I'm very happy for that because he's a good player. Then on their list, they have Rashawn Holmes, who uh, signed a four-year, $46.5 million contract, which is about $10.8 million salary um, a year or around that. Um, so, yeah, he's done pretty solidly. Um, this season, he's averaged 14.4 points and 10.6 rebounds, and he scored his first uh, 2020 game. Uh, recently against uh, Charlotte, so that's pretty good, um, and they're all doing that with Luke Walton as a head coach, which is interesting because he's not a great head coach. Then they look at um, Kelly Oubre, who was a decent sort of addition, who came from uh, Gold State and has been sort of a nice sort of complementary piece to their team and has been a great asset to have. Um, then the article looks at um, the sort of veterans, uh, sort of some big off-season moves. They looked at the veteran minimum contracts, which came from Golden State, which they added Andre Guadalla, Otto Porter Jr., Nimjala Beljinka, which I talked about, uh, and then the Utah Jazz, who added Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside, and then the Lakers, who added in Carmelo and some of their other pieces. So they look at sort of that situation um, as well, and so those are some of the big moves that took place, which obviously all those teams, you know, made the right moves, did the right things, and yeah, that's uh, a good situation for those teams. So um, yeah, a lot of teams made good moves this off season, some didn't, and I think that's kind of where we're at. So Ben Simmons is still on the market, I guess. Maybe Detroit's the next team to to kind of take their swing. We'll see if uh, it sticks and if he goes to Detroit or if someone else comes, or he just sits and does nothing.